Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and today I am speaking with Shannon Watts, who's an advocate and mom of five. What started as a Facebook group with a message to end gun violence turned into Moms Demand Action, which is part of Every Town for Gun Safety, the largest gun violence prevention organization in the country with nearly 6 million supporters. Shannon's going to talk a little bit about an initiative called Be Smart, a program aimed at helping parents normalize conversations about gun safety and take actions that can prevent child gun deaths and injuries. Shannon also wrote a book about her work called Fight Like a Mother, How a Grassroots Movement Took on the Gun Lobby and Why Women Will Change the World. Please continue to ask questions on my uh, Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to subscribe, rate, maybe write a little review. It's super helpful for me. And if you want more information on how to prevent gun violence and commit to taking action in your community, you can go to momsdemandaction.org. Moms Demand Action passes stronger gun laws and works to close the loopholes that jeopardize the safety of our families. This work is so important and I'm very grateful that Shannon was willing to come talk to me. These are conversations we should have with our our kids too. You know, there are so many kids, teens who are exposed to guns, sometimes from their own friends. Um, I've heard too many tragic stories about teens who've gone to parties or to sleepovers and, and someone brought out a gun either that their parents had bought for them or it was their parents' gun. Mm. It was loaded and, and it resulted in a tragedy. So having those conversations, you know, with young kids to say, you know, if you see a gun, don't touch it, tell an adult right away, even if it looks like a toy. Um, and, and to know that they won't get in trouble if they tell an adult they've seen a gun and, and just having that conversation on a regular basis and then, you know, when you're talking to, to teens, it really should be part of a general safety conversation that you may have about drugs or alcohol or, or drunk driving. Um, mm. They should leave immediately anytime they're in a situation where there's an unsecured gun. And again, they need to know, too, that it's okay to tell you, you know, if, if that happens and that they're not going to get in trouble. And, and maybe you have an agreement where you say, you know, 
you're going to text me if that happens and I'm going to pick you up and, and you are not going to get in trouble. Like, you know, it's kind of like any conversation you have with a teen. To About make drunk sure driving, right. Exactly. exactly. People avoid this conversation because they think it's too scary for kids, you know, unless it's, you know, part of your world and your, you know, cult, like community. You know, we really put the onus on adults. And, and as we all know, those of us who have teens, they are definitely not adults, even if they think they are. <laughs> um, and so having those conversations with, with, again, friends and family when your kids are going over to their homes. I think if you're having those conversations about other things when you're sending your kid, it depends on how old they are. You know, if your kid is, is 17, 18, uh, they don't always want you, they're driving and they're, they're not necessarily going to be true, honest with you, but they also don't necessarily want you calling other people's parents. And, and it's not always possible. So I do think having those conversations and telling them exactly what to do if they're at a party. Um, you know, there's a situation when I lived in Indiana where a teen took out an AR-15 at a party and accidentally unintentionally shot and killed a, a friend. And, and <sighs> so those conversations should be ongoing and um, they should just be part of the safety conversations you have. Do you find that your children are more, um, and maybe it depends on the kid, but do you, do you find being an activist has moved them towards activism or towards citizenship in a responsible citizenship? You know, my husband and I have five kids all together and they're, each of them is so incredibly different. Um, you know, I have a daughter who is gay and she is definitely an LGBTQ activist, very interested in organizing and, and uh, is majoring in feminist theory. So yes, I think she probably takes after me. Uh, <laughs> but you know, my son doesn't even tell anybody what I do because he doesn't want to have a political conversation or, or confrontation. So, mm. you know, they're all proud of me. They're all incredibly supportive their interest in activism varies. But, you know, I, I, I think that hopefully the lesson they learned is that whatever they care about and whatever they're passionate about, they should be, you know, brave and courageous and, and get off the sidelines, just like all of our Moms to in Action volunteers all across the country have. And have you ever had an experience where they had a different point of view? I mean, are they, have you really, do they hear your voice when it comes to guns? Do they oh, yeah. have, they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any kids disagree with me, except, you know, some of them maybe even a little to the left of me were, were, you know, Bernie supporters, whereas I was supporting Joe Biden. But, you know, for the most part, <laughs> I think we're all on the same page on those issues. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I come from a family that has a lot of conservative people in it. And, and even those people um, support what I'm doing. You know, they understand that this, again, is not, anti-gun. Many of our volunteers are gun owners. Their partners are gun owners. This is simply about restoring the responsibilities that should go along with gun rights, like a background check on every gun sale. What would you say are the most important points that people should know about when it comes to guns and gun laws in America? Well, you know, we support very data-driven solutions, things that we've seen in states that work. For example, a background check on every gun sale. Right now in this country, you only have to have a background check from a licensed dealer. Um, there are lots of unlicensed dealers who sell guns at gun shows or online or even garage sales that, that don't have to have or, or perform a background check on a gun buyer. So we want to close that loophole. We know that background checks save lives. And, and in the states that have them, um, you know, they see less gun death. So that's first and foremost. Um, we've also been working to disarm domestic abusers. 
that's pretty intuitive. Domestic abusers should not have easy access to guns, and yet they do in America. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something called a red flag law. And Mm -hmm. that simply allows family or police to get a temporary restraining order that will remove guns from someone who's a risk to themselves or others. Um, It can stop mass shooting incidents. It can prevent gun suicide. Those are pretty broadly supported across the aisle. And we would like to pass that at a federal level. It's really important to remember that these laws are being passed in states. So 22 states have now passed background checks. Uh, 29 states have have disarmed domestic abusers. 19 states have passed a red flag law. And those are important and they're life-saving. But until we have those at a federal level, we're all only as safe as the closest state with the weakest gun laws. And so we're hopeful that, you know, the the makeup of the Senate will change in in Georgia. But if it doesn't, um, there's still a lot that President-elect Biden can do uh, through executive orders. And and so uh, we'll be working to to make sure that that happens. But look, this is going to take several election cycles. uh, And and I think as long as there's a gun lobby, there will be moms demand action. You probably know Glossier for their skincare products and for popularizing the glowy, dewy skin look. Glossier also creates makeup products, body care products, and fragrances. Glossier believes in the power of self-expression and personal choice in beauty and beyond. So they're always in conversation with their community about the best ingredients, the best techniques, and dream products. The results are products that condense the best of beauty and are inspired by real routines. If you only use three products a day for your skin, here are the three products. Milky Jelly Cleanser, a pH-balanced creamy gel face wash made with a blend of five skin conditioners that soothe and condition while cleansing away dirt, excess oil, and makeup. A priming moisturizer, which is a lightweight moisturizer with anti-redness complex that lets you layer and build up the perfect amount of hydration. And then Balm.com, an ultra-moisturizing balm that's packed with antioxidants and natural emollients to nourish and soothe lips. Get a three-step routine for any skin type by visiting glossier.com slash podcast slash humans. For a limited time now, new customers can get 10% off your first order. Certain exclusions apply. That's G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R.com slash podcast slash humans. Purple reinvented the mattress and pillow for adults, and now they're finally doing the same for kids. Purple has designed mattresses and pillows specifically with kids in mind because kids deserve great sleep. In fact, they need it to grow. That's why Purple launched a new collection of products just for kids, including a kid mattress, Purple Kid Pillow, mattress protector, and a sheet set in friendly colors. Both the kid mattress and Purple Kid Pillow are made with a softer, smaller version of Purple's innovative comfort grid to offer the best support for small sleepers. From the mattress to the sheets, all Kid Purple products were designed to give kids the comfort and durability they deserve with plenty of fun to mix in. And the Purple Kid mattress and pillow are Sturdy Pure US and Clean Air Gold certified, which means you can rest easy because there are no harmful chemicals. Your kids deserve the best. Your kids deserve purple. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more 
Just go to purple.com slash humans 10 and use promo code humans 10. That's purple.com slash humans 10 promo code humans 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more purple.com slash humans 10 promo code humans 10 terms apply. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? If you look at Mothers Against Drunk Driving, there's still an alcohol lobby. Mothers Against Drunk Driving still has to show up and protect the progress that they've made um, and make sure that it's not the safety that they've, they've established is not undermined by special interests. And so that's the way our system is set up. I don't think the NRA is necessarily going away anytime soon. And, and if they did, there would be other groups yeah. that would pop up in their absence. So I, I think we'll always have to be, to be vigilant, uh, at least in my lifetime. Do you know, I mean, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I am just thinking back about different activists and different massive overhauls of certain things. Like when you mentioned Mothers Against Drunk Driving, you know, speaking of your book, Fight Like a Mother, what Mm -hmm. can you think of where mothers have come together and finally we've been able to see change? Well, you know, that's why I called it Moms to Win Action, because women and moms in this country have played such a pivotal role in activism first with prohibition. Uh, That was really the first time American women were allowed to get involved in activism. And men were never able to put that genie back in the bottle. Everything (laughs) from child labor laws to suffrage to civil rights, to the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. Uh, We talked about even drunk driving, you know, women have really been at the forefront. And what I find is that, you know, when women get involved in something, it affects real change. The other piece of this is, is that women are the majority of the voting public. We make Mm -hmm. the majority of spending decisions, and yet we only hold about 17% of the 500,000 elected positions in this country. Um, And we're only about 5% of Fortune 1000 CEOs. So there's certain levers of power that we can pull until we do gain those elected positions or those corporate positions. Um, and that includes activism like we're doing through Moms to Man Action. So I'm grateful that we're not just mothers and others anymore. Um, we're also uh, men and non-moms and students. And, and, and it really does take, you know, every generation, every American getting involved to affect to change. Is there a student, you know, how there was Students Against Drunk Driving? Have, have there, has there been a student run or student-led young persons subcommittee in your work? Yes. So we had something called Students Demand Action, and it was really just a pilot program before Parkland, before the tragedy in Florida. Mm. And it was modeled after Moms Demand Action, and then it grew exponentially uh, after the Parkland shooting. And now it's the largest student-led gun violence prevention group in the country. They have over 400 groups across the country. Wow. It's high school and college-age students. And their activism has just been amazing, especially given COVID, because they were, most of them at at home or had more downtime, they registered over 100,000 new young voters uh, in this election cycle and have been um, activists right alongside the Moms to Man Action volunteers. And 
I think it's really important. You know, that's the lockdown generation. It's the generation who's had to live with the repercussions of letting gun lobbyists write our gun laws. And, and it, it makes me very hopeful that they will not stop until there's real change. So what clicked that made you want to found this program? You know, I was a, a stay-at-home mom of five. I was taking a break from a corporate career and I was in a suburb of Indianapolis. And I can remember that day very clearly, you know, watching this tragedy unfold. Uh, it was December 14th of 2012. And just thinking, you know, I'm going to join something like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but for this issue of gun violence, I'm sure it exists. And so I went online and looked for it and, and I couldn't find anything. Wow. And the next day I started a Facebook page and, you know, I never imagined I'd be a public figure. So all of my information, my phone number, my email was very easily accessible. And, you know, all these type A women from across the country started reaching out to me and saying, you know, I see your Facebook page. I want to get involved. I want to organize where I live. And it was really all of these strangers from across the country bringing their skill sets to the table and helping us get this off the ground. You know, I've been a full-time volunteer now for almost eight years. And many of the women who, who helped me start this organization are still with us today, whether they're employees now or, or they're still volunteers. But I will say what we came to realize very early on is, you know, mass shootings and school shootings are incredibly tragic and they, they get a lot of media attention, but they're about 1% of the gun violence in this country. Mm. We have to focus on all of the gun violence, whether it's, you know, in city centers or in rural communities, whether it's homicide or suicide, domestic gun violence. Um, many of them share this similar solutions, but, but we really do have to pay attention to all of it and address all of it. And, and that's what we've been focused on. You know, when I first read about you, which was, I guess, how it was, was that 2012? Am I making yes. that up? Yes. I assumed that you were from Parkland. Right. Everyone and does. Or from Sandy Hook, right? Sandy Hook. Sorry, God. Yep. That's, I assumed that and I assumed that you had undergone immense tragedy and that drove you to start this movement. When I, re when I found out that was not the case, it was so, um, I had such a different reaction because I just thought, that is motherhood, sister motherhood, you know, being able to look at what's going on and want to take care of our children. And, and I'm just so moved by that. And I'm glad that you were not there. And um, that, that seems like a strange thing to say, but I did, I mean, the assumption was, how could you be driven to such massive action and movement and passion without that experience? And it's incredibly, it's just so powerful and inspiring. So I, I thank you. Um, I, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, one thing I, I want to say is it really took a mass shooting in a, in a mostly white suburb to get me and so many, I think, white women in this country off the sidelines because we mm -hmm. were afraid our kids weren't safe in their schools. And you know, we need to to remember that that black and brown women have been doing this work for decades, right? right. Often yeah. without any attention whatsoever. And you know, shame on me for it taking so long. You know, I lived in a bubble, not realizing over a hundred Americans are shot and killed every day. But I do think there's there's a lot of important work. Um, you know, we work very hard to make sure that that we are 
focused on and prioritizing diversity in our organization and in the work that we do. And look, I think I'm glad that white women now have 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 gotten off the sidelines and and we really have to do a lot of this work. And that includes, you know, recognizing that police violence is also gun violence. Um, we are working very hard right now, and I imagine it'll be the focus of our our work in 2021, which is lawmakers finally have an appetite to pass police reform legislation, things like mm. banning chokeholds and requiring body cameras. And so, you know, that that's the work that I think that that women, white women in particular, need to shoulder. And I think it's it's important for culture and, and for society and to mend some of the the damage and the distrust that has been sown. What is Peanut? Well, it's an app that connects you with like-minded women throughout all stages of motherhood. Peanut provides a safe space for mothers, expectant mothers, and those trying to conceive, to build friendships, ask questions, and find support. Introducing you to women nearby who are at a similar stage in life, Peanut provides access to a community of women who are there to listen, share information, and offer valuable advice whether it's understanding IVF, adoption, pregnancy, first years, or nursery and beyond, Peanut is a place to connect with women like you. Have you struggled to find connections with new parents that are going through similar experiences? Have you sought guidance or advice from sister moms? This app can introduce you to the people who are going through things just like you. Download the app for free today. Just head to peanut.app.link slash raising good humans or find it on your app store. That's peanut.app.link slash raising good humans. So is that what you do see as next and what you, like if you had a call to action what is it? Well, that's certainly going to be part of our, our priority in 2021 is, is working on police reform legislation, you know, in the states where we can pass good gun laws um, because we've been able to, to flip chambers to gun sense majorities like in Virginia. We will still be working on, on passing things like background checks and, and red flag laws and disarming domestic abusers and secure storage. But it's important to remember that we do a lot of plain defense we have a 90% track record of stopping the NRA's bad bills year after year for the last five years. Things like guns on college campuses, oh, uh, permitless carry, stand your ground. I mean, right now, today, our volunteers were, were in the state house in Ohio in their masks, being forced to oppose stand your ground during a special session. The NRA is relentless. These bills come up over and over again. And, and, part of what we do and actually a really big part of what we do is play defense and and stop those bills so that that's what we'll be doing in 21 21 too and i'll put um in the show notes that is just so i hadn't thought about it that way that it's there's so much defense um i'll put in the show notes obviously how anybody can get involved and if you go on to the website there are many different ways to volunteer you have a skill set that i haven't seen in anybody yet on the I mean, it's kind of extraordinary. And I don't know, did you come out of the womb like that? Or is that something that you trained to do? How did that happen? 
I mean, I, I think that's why I went into communications. It's probably my, you know, just my strong suit. Certainly not math uh, uh-huh. or language. But, but you know, I've, ser- I've also honed, my corporate career was training people to do this, not doing it myself. And so it was pretty intuitive when it came time for me to do it. Not the public speaking part, that part I hated. And, and I, I grew to not be really phased by it anymore. But I, I do think it has helped us in terms of, of look and feel and, and messaging. And, and certainly we seemed much more sophisticated than we actually were early on because of the forward facing presentation, I think that we gave, but, you know, sometimes whether you fail or succeed depends on that. And, and I don't know that Mike Bloomberg, you know, would have given us $50 million had we not been able to, to present as a, a pretty sophisticated organization early on. Incredible. So, um, thank you for answering that. It's just, it's just been on my mind and I hope that, you know, it translates in other ways. I, I just think it's important that people know that we're winning on this issue. You know, everyone wants this cathartic moment in Congress that will come eventually. But in the meantime, you know, we are building um, momentum in state houses and in boardrooms where we've passed hundreds of, of policies and, and pieces of legislation that, that are life-saving. We work on this culturally, electorally, legislatively. And we are now larger than the NRA. So our success is inevitable. Uh, It's happening every day. And I think it is only a matter of time until we have the right president and the right Congress in place uh, that will do the right thing at a federal level. But until then, there is so much work that needs to be done. And whether you're a gun violence survivor or someone who lives in in a state, you know, where you, you want to affect change, or you know, if you've sent your kindergartner to school for the first time and they've had to go through a lockdown drill. And there's all different Mm -hmm. reasons that people come into our organization, but I would just encourage uh, everyone to get involved in this issue because, you know, lives are literally on the line when you're talking about gun violence prevention and, and there's strength in numbers when you're taking on one of the wealthiest and and most powerful special interests that's ever existed. You know, you mentioned those lockdown drills. I don't remember when they started, but I certainly remember thinking, I can't believe we've come to this, that my young children are coming home telling me about a lockdown drill. That was incredibly Mm -hmm. terrifying. Thank you for listening. I am sending all of my warmth and love out there and hope you're all doing okay.